0: Welcome to this week's episode of True Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm your host, Jaya. Happy
1: August, y'all. Happy how, August. How did we even get here, you guys? Like, for real. I don't know, man. Yeah. We're more than halfway through this year. It feels like it was 2020, like, last week.
0: I know. This That's is, wild. It's too much. It's too much for me right now, but I feel like that, you know, every month that passes by, True. I don't feel like it's unique to this month. I think once we start getting to really, like, the true fall months, that's when I'm going to start tripping out, like, the most hardcore.
1: You know, it's but, funny you say that, because literally today I was sitting at my parents' house, and I was like, you know what I can't wait for? And they are like, what? And I was like, Christmas. <laughs> like, I'm like, once yeah. it starts getting cold, I'm going to be like, oh, thank God.
0: That sounds like you. But I'd also like to point out, because if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see it, but for you podcast listeners, you won't know this, that... Drea right now on the second day of August is wearing a blanket around her shoulders. <laughs> and I was like looking at this, like, why, Here's why the thing happening?
1: Here's the thing. We, we, have, we have the AC on in my house and I record in our office and our office is a very, very small room. It's like 90 square feet. Mm-hmm. And so the AC gets really cold in this room specifically. So the rest of the house feels nice, but in this room, it's like freezing. So hence the blanket I don't enjoy the judgment <laughs> referencing actually something
0: we were talking about right before we started recording like when we we're just on this zoom call and we hadn't started recording yet this is just what that's where Aaron should sleep in that office yeah, where it's nice right. and cool <laughs> I need to put
1: like a bed in here and be like bye um actually <laughs> funny though that wait hold on when you just said that right now like referencing whatever it oh okay I know what I was gonna say because when you said okay. that I was like there's something I need to say and then now I remember okay Uh so yeah Alex had said if you're not watching on the YouTube and you're just listening on Spotify or wherever Apple podcasts um that's fine but I'm gonna say to you guys for this episode specifically I highly recommend you go to the YouTube and watch because there are some visuals that are to be added
0: okay all right so that's my my two
1: cents for this episode
0: I'm interested all right well that distraction aside, we're going to move into our normal thing of doing week updates. How was your week, Dre?
1: It, you know, my week was pretty good. This was the first week that I've officially had like a little summer break as I finished my classes. Mm-hmm. I do have one class left, but like I don't count it. I finished my classes. I don't have work. This is before I start my student teaching. Um, so it's been really nice just kind of like not doing too much. I also caught up with one of my friend's sisters who, like, I don't see very often. And, like, that was really fun because we did karaoke at her house. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I say karaoke, what I really mean by it is just we did renditions of different, like, musicals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I saw that on your Instagram story, and I (laughs) I definitely chuckled at it.
1: It was really fun. We were having a grand old time. Um, Aside from that, I haven't been doing much. I've just been watching a lot of the Olympics. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've been following, but there has been some... Emotional journeys with the athletes that I think were very fun. On a whim, like yesterday, on a whim, me and my mom were trying to decide like what should we rewatch and like the replays or whatever. And we were looking at track and field, and like we were literally about to watch like the women's like triple jump or something. And I was like, oh, there's like the men's finals for the high jump. Let's just throw that on. My ex-boyfriend needs to do high jump. We could watch that. I know a little bit about it. On mm-hmm. a whim, right? Mm-hmm. And literally, I did. I had no idea that the men's high jump final was going to be like one of the like events of the Olympics that everyone is talking about. Mm. I don't know if you have followed it at all, Alex. I'm assuming no. Well, <laughs> just knowing who you are,
0: <laughs> just knowing who I am, jeez. Well, I mean, I know that some of the stuff that's been going on in the Olympics, like I've heard about, like the whole Simone Biles thing. Mm. Um, I know that whatever you're talking about, I think involves those like hugging guys on your Instagram story. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so I don't know anything that happened, but I know that something happened because okay. yes, we're so, correct. I don't really watch the Olympics.
1: Right. So Which I'm is America. absolutely <laughs> insane. But that aside, I think you will appreciate at least this story. And then I'll okay. be done with my week update because it is just so like beautiful. Yeah. Um, so basically long story short, men's high jump, It's going gray we have two usa guys there's like two russian guys a guy from qatar who's like kind of like seated like number one or whatever um and it's just like a few guys from like other countries like little countries like belarus you know there's like an italian guy there's a guy from um japan and there's a guy from like south korea stuff like that whatever okay uh and so the qatar guy was kind of at the top he's like kind of seated like one i don't know i'm confused about that part because they kept on saying that he was like the top dog but then they kept mm-hmm. saying this guy from russia named ilia was the number one seed or whatever or like the number one guy in the world so like i mm-hmm. was confused as really who was leader but anyway the guy from qatar he decides to omit the first jump right like doesn't even do it he's like i'm just gonna go straight to the second jump right and i'm just like okay brother like conceited, whatever so all the do guys have to do the first jump. I guess like if you just like, okay, so this is something I learned yesterday because I don't really know a lot about a uh, high jump, but apparently there are some rules in it where like, if you decide to not do a certain height, you can omit it and jump to the next height. So like, for example, and you have like three tries to complete a height. Like if you have three fails in a row, you're out and that goes mm-hmm. across heights. So let's say like you're trying a height, you jump it, you fail it and other guys have made the height already, and you already know that they're going to move on to the next height, you can say, I'm not going to do this height anymore. I'll just mm-hmm. jump to the next height and give myself two chances at the next height to yeah. get it. Because sure. you have three fails in a row to be disqualified. Right. Okay. So that's like an interesting little tidbit about the sport. Uh, so he omits the first height. The guy from Belarus, like literally like doesn't even make the first attempt. He has to take like multiple attempts to get the first height, Uh, The other guys are doing fine, whatever, whatever, nothing really important. They move on. The guitar guy goes next. He's like flying over the freaking thing. Everyone else is doing it fine. Nothing's happening. The first to go out is the Japanese guy. Like it was sad because, you know, like Japan's holding the Olympics and like this Mm -hmm. guy's not even, he was out of his league. He's out. Mm -hmm. Next, the USA guy who the whole time I was like, this guy's pretty good. He's going to go far. He's literally the second one out. I'm like, (laughs) What? And then there's another USA guy named joan And he like from the beginning, me and mom were like, What's the deal with this guy? Like he was, like he looked very like weird. I would have bet money, Alex, this guy was wearing makeup, like eye makeup. Mm. Like I mm. was just like, he is straight up wearing makeup. He's very effeminate. Like his eyes mm-hmm. were like black and everything. And then they zoom into his face, and I was like, He's not wearing makeup. Like, that's just his eyes. And like he just oh. had a very interesting look, like extremely interesting he had a very interesting form too long story short he gets knocked out the more crazy <laughs> thing though is that the number one seed guy Ilya, he also gets knocked out early and i'm like whoa this is interesting and then there's also this guy from new zealand who i swear to god picture in your head now it's picture in your head sean mendez mm-hmm. and john travolta had a baby that's weird I'm going to show you a picture of this guy later. Tell me that it's not exactly what he looks like. Okay, he gets gets kicked out, whatever, whatever. (laughs) The games keep going. And so fast forward to the end, people are omitting heights, omitting heights. The guy from um, Qatar, who was like the top dog the whole time, he's like flying over the heights, just flying over it. And then the guy from Italy, who apparently like Italy has never meddled in like a lot of like different um, Olympic events, especially in track and field before. So like everyone's Mm -hmm. like kind of like, knocking him out, like, okay, he's not that big a deal. Also in the last Olympics, he like couldn't go because he like injured himself. And so like mm-hmm. he lost a chance to go to the last Olympics. Um, but he's like going over all the heights, going over all the heights on the first try, on the first try, on the first try. So he's literally matched the same jumps as the Qatar guy. Cause I guess at the end, like if you guys reach the same height the way that they determine the winner is you go to see how many tries it it took the person to get each height so like if you have multiple tries versus another person doesn't have any multiple tries the person with no tries wins whatever yeah so they have literally reached the world record height or whatever or the the olympic record height Mm -hmm. and neither of them have missed a single try and shockingly, the only other person who has also made it to this point is the Belarus guy who had a hard time going over the very first height. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's obvious Belarus is going to get third. He's meddled. He's made it to this height. No one else has. He's getting third at the minimum. Mm -hmm. So it's between the Italian and the Qatar guy. And so they have three attempts to meet the Olympic height. They mm-hmm. both go. Neither of them make any of the three attempts. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is that you go into a jump off. And so they're supposed to do a jump off to see like who can like, you know, neck to neck, whatever jump. I don't even know how the jump off works, but that's like okay. the next step. But then the official, I guess was just like, okay, so we're going to do the jump off at which point the Qatar guy and the Italian guy, were just like, can we just both share the gold? And they're like, yeah, you guys can share the gold. So then they decided, this is the first time since 1912 that they would share the gold together. Oh, it's cute. It was so cute. And the Italian guy, because like, it, like, I don't think Italy's like ever won in the jump. Oh, yeah. And he was like sobbing. And he had this like cast from the last Olympics that like he wore, you know, that where he got, he couldn't go. And he uh-huh. was like crying, he had his little cast. And then like shortly after he won, the 100 meters was being run the finals for the 100 meters men and the Italian guy who nobody was talking about like Italy's never won that either like he wasn't even mentioned everyone's just like you got to look out for the Canadian you got to look out for the USA whatever whatever and the Italian guy freaking wins the race so then Gianmarco the guy who won for the high jump runs across and he hugs him and the two Italian guys are like embracing and they're like smiling and crying and it was just so beautiful like it was the most like I was like out of my mind like this is so like oh so touching see like you know I'm not very into like competitive
0: things or whatever which is probably why the Olympics isn't up my alley mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: do like those really heartwarming moments like that mm-hmm. like you know the Qatar guy and the Italian guy deciding hey we'll just share it
1: yeah it's just like humanity like, you know
0: like beautiful. that's a beautiful thing I could understand a lot well not understand necessarily but I can I'm sure that there's a lot of really competitive people out there that was just like, no, like you got to duke it out. Like you can't share it. That's nonsense. But I'm here for it. I thought it was so sweet because it's just like, I think global cooperation is beautiful.
1: Absolutely. And, it, and that's what they were talking about. Like, this is, that was like the top of the Olympics right now. Cause they're just like, this is such a perfect example of like Olympic unity and like yeah. bringing the countries together. And it was, just, it was, and it was the first time that this has happened since like 1912. And it's just like, wow, how like, what a great moment to witness.
0: Yeah, I like moments like that where lines that divide people just don't. Yeah. You know, that's nice. I like that.
1: Yeah, so that okay. was, that's my little story. Go on to your week, Alex. I, could, I have nothing
0: that poetic or beautiful <laughs> in my uh, week update. So I guess there's that. Oh, let's see. What did I do? Saw a Jungle Cruise. Mm. I like that was a it? lot. It was good. Really? Definitely. Okay definitely worth a watch so if you end up renting
1: that on disney plus hit me up dude i'll see it again okay oh sorry to like add to it also though i also watch black widow Uh uh-huh and so if you want to watch it you can come watch it but it was really good
0: i've seen it twice already oh have
1: you okay well then (laughs) go on
0: yeah black widow was yeah it was a good film um but yeah so i really enjoyed jungle cruise i think mostly like when my dad was like okay what movie do you want to watch this weekend it was between Jungle Cruise and Snake Eyes, which is a GI Joe origin story movie for one of the characters in the GI Joe franchise.
1: Never heard of it, but cool.
0: Yeah, it's an action movie, and that's where it gets its appeal for me and my dad. But got it. I'm just kind of like, I want to watch something that I feel like is gonna make me like laugh and like feel good. So I think that Jungle Cruise is the good choice here, and I was correct. I agree. With and it's that. not like, I think that the story felt fresh too. Like, it didn't feel like something like super, like, oh, I know exactly how this is going to end or whatever. Like, you do kind of once you get past the plot twist. Uh huh. But I didn't necessarily, like, it took me up until the plot twist basically happened for me to, like, guess a little bit beforehand what the plot twist was. Okay. So it wasn't like from a hundred miles away that you know what it is.
1: Interesting. Okay. I
0: like that. So, yeah, that was a good movie. So, watch that um back in office full-time now which is nice that is nice I feel like there was a like I was telling (laughs) it was really funny because like I the I was walking up from the um the parking lot where my office parks Uh up to where my office is and the thing is is like I might have described this to you before but like I work in what was a converted house so Uh like not a traditional office building but a house. And one of my like coworkers, like inside of her office, like she has like the door that's on the inside, but she also has like a door and a screen door, like to lead out the side of the house. Uh-huh. So she had her door open. So but I didn't see it because of the screen door. So uh-huh. like I'm just walking along and she tries to scare me through the screen door by like, you know, yelling at me or whatever. Uh-huh. And then like my other coworkers like walking up and makes a joke over by the front door. I'm just kind of like, this is the camaraderie that I missed.
1: That's cute. we all being
0: silly together. It's like the office has better energy when we're all here. So like that's exciting. Training, you know, a new person is exciting. Gotta love that. Um, called the bank that did my auto loan because I still didn't get my title in the mail. Oh
1: my god. Forever. i know right
0: it's never gonna end dre it really is never gonna end i'm gonna Insane. like have to sell the car and like never get my title but anyway um which i know yes is impossible to sell your car without the title don't at me i understand <laughs> <laughs> so I called them i was okay like hey like how long should this really be taking like mm-hmm. what am, well, who do i need to contact here to
1: like get this resolved?
0: like oh that's weird do you ever receive the lien of the release of lien from us like no i haven't
1: received anything
0: right exactly and she's like oh that's weird so i'll just resend that to you and then i'll just resend the release of link to the dmv as well like maybe it just didn't go through the first time okay. my mom has suspicions that I just they just never did they it, didn't in the first send place. it. Yeah. yeah so we'll see here in the coming weeks whether or not that actually ends up resolving itself um what else oh so, you know, making my way through Brooklyn Nine-Nine, obviously. And I finally got to the cold open you were telling me about the, with the red hat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, I that was it. funny.
0: And then I also, because I've been waiting for this entire time, because before I started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, I think maybe because you were yelling at me about it all the time, but uh, the my phone probably listening to our conversations was bringing up Brooklyn Nine-Nine stuff on my Instagram Discover page. Okay. And I saw a cold open there, like, before I started the show of when Jake has those guys in the lineup singing, I Want It That Way. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I finally got to that cold open. <laughs> that
1: one's so funny.
0: <laughs> I know. I love that one so much. I'm just like, when I when I finally got there, I was like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for this entire time was this cold open. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Love it. I think it. there's also the one where... You meet uh, Nassim Pedrad, uh Jake's sister.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name?
0: Uh In the thing? I think Katie.
1: No, I mean, like, her real name. Nassim Padrad. Nassim Padrad, yeah. Had no anyway.
0: Name. Yeah. So that's been good. Although I have to admit, just because I think I needed just some time I needed a little bit of a break I did take a couple days off and I was watching Stranger Things
1: Ooh, love that for you well I mean I've seen seen Stranger
0: Things yeah I'd seen it before but like I was re-watching just because you're like you know what sounds good right now Stranger Stranger Things Things." and I'll tell you what because I you know started it over again Uh I'm just kind of like they really did barb dirty
1: I totally agree with that I mean that's like the general consensus all the time no yeah, I mean, I remember that
0: from, like, when the show first came out and everyone wouldn't shut up about Barb and, like, mm-hmm. where's Barb and blah, blah, blah. I'm just was like, man. Are you right.
1: I'm yeah. Like, I knew funny. this when
0: this happened, but at the same time, this sad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I took a little bit of break, but started back up on it today, which I'm not really that nervous about catching up in time because I still have – I still have time. It's only, you know, a 30 minute show. Mm -hmm. So it'll be easy to knock out, I think, in the time that I have left, especially considering that I'm almost done with season five and season six and seven aren't full seasons
1: anyway. So yeah, you'll be fine.
0: You'll be fine. Yeah. And one last thing that I'll say, which kind of relates into your week update a little bit, is how you're saying you're finally getting like a summer break. Like for the first time even though it's Mm -hmm. only basically like a week week. or so that you'll have (laughs) yeah and I'm just kind of like I remember before like you got out of school well, out of you know your job school and you were just like yeah like I'll be playing the switch over the summer like I know and then I'll start playing Animal Crossing like I'll get there (sighs) like I'm waiting for you to play Animal Crossing I'm just like it's never gonna happen because now you're gonna be student teaching I know and that's going to make you you know plenty busy and you'll
1: have I'm sure
0: you'll have your coaching stuff too
1: it's gonna It. I'm really trying it's not because I don't want to it's just my life man this year has just been challenging
0: I realize that I know it's not your fault I don't blame you for it but at the same time my heart is broken
1: I know <laughs> like, I will do I will do it here's the thing I will do it it's just a matter of
0: when because <laughs> like yesterday i was playing animal crossing which i had mm-hmm. taken actually like a two-week break from it mm-hmm. so that's kind of interesting and i missed an event that i didn't want to miss so that was a little bit annoying yeah but i'm not going to time travel and cheat my way to getting that event so i'm just gonna wait until next year
1: jesus so and that
0: a uh, statement we wait I know, until right? next year well hopefully we'll play it together next year insane Anyway, but uh, yesterday I was playing and I was trying to, like, right now I'm working on trying to catch the most elusive bug in the game. Okay. Like, it's the rarest spawn.
1: Okay. And
0: because everything, like, all the bugs, all the fish, all the sea creatures, they spawn seasonally. So on, they have, like, assigned months and assigned times during the day that they spawn.
1: Uh-huh. And even
0: to a certain extent, like, specific spawn locations. So, like, the bug that I'm looking for, it only spawns on coconut trees interesting okay during the hours of 5 p.m well from 5 p.m to 8 a.m but the best times to try to catch it are 7 p.m to 11 p.m because of other like the corresponding other bug spawns but anyway so I was like riding 10% yesterday on my switch hanging out with Michael while he was studying like playing trying to find this bug and I think that I see it on a tree uh-huh. And you, the thing is, like, with some of the bugs that are more, like, elusive, like, you have to, like, sidle up to them, basically, in order to catch it, because okay. they're also, like, fly away. Uh-huh. And I was short. I didn't reach the trees. So the bug flew away. Until, oh, no. Like, I, for an entire month, I've been looking for this bug. <sighs> uh-huh. It's only available in July and August, so I only have this month left to catch it, or else I have to wait until next summer. That sucks, dude. I'm just kind of like, man, I hate myself so much right now, letting that bug get away. But anyway, that's my update. We probably took too long in this, but...
1: <laughs> I know. As we usually do. As we always do. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to our weeks. Let's get into the meat of this episode. And per our season three theme, I'm going to be enlightening Alex on a topic of my choice. And so the topic that I have decided to do this week, Alex, is the most dangerous places on earth. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I have a fun little surprise for you. I actually made a slideshow to help illustrate my choices. So here we go. Here's our slideshow. If you're watching on the YouTube, enjoy. Okay. So the first place I want to talk to you about is Death Road. And so this is actually called the North Youngest Road. And it's located in Bolivia, in South America, obviously. And so here we have two pictures. Um, Alex, I don't know if you want to describe them a little bit. Okay, so what we got going on here is really
0: a nightmare, like, <laughs> hellscape. So <laughs> what this is, is it's a side of a mountain, like a very beautiful side of a mountain. So like lush green, all this whatever. And the teeny tiniest road that's, Mm -hmm. like, along the cliff's edge, right?
1: Yeah, it is It it looks
0: here, like, only, like, you can't, it looks almost impossible to pass. Like, so, Mm -hmm. if you meet on the road, like, I don't even know what's supposed to happen. Like, I see, like, there's a couple pictures here in the far, like, right picture there. I see, like, two kind of longish trucks, like, trying to pass each other. And I wonder if, like, around some of the curves, they're just, like, a little bit, like, wider parts. But I think it'd be pretty tough to pass another car on this whole thing yeah I would to drive on this road period because it looks like you'll <laughs> just fall off
1: absolutely and you are right so this is 43 miles long with non-stop non-stop switchbacks and the road is seldom wider than 10 feet oh. and, and another reason that this is just really dangerous is that the landscape consists of like dense fog It's prone to landslides. There's multiple waterfalls and cliff falls up to 2000 feet. And so, so,
0: okay,
1: sorry, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to give you my spiel and then I'll take comments. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Okay. Up until uh, 1999, there was like tons and tons of deaths. And in 1999 specifically, there was almost 300 drivers that were killed. And so this road connects the city of, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, but the city of Coroico Mm -hmm. to the capital city of La Paz. And so the issue with that is that it like really um, like, I don't know, encourages like merchants and traders to ride their trucks or buses into the city to try to sell their goods. However, as we see in these pictures here, like there really isn't enough room for two directional driving, especially like in trucks or buses. So oftentimes the trucks and their drivers fell to to their deaths. Uh, The road was developed during the Chaco War And up until 2006, this was the only option for traveling from that city to La Paz. And in 2009, the government finally created a new road, which is obviously not on the side of the mountain like this, um, that is a little bit safer. Today, most deaths are still from the local workers and backpackers who still try to use this road. And then there are some tour operators that lead bikers along the road. For what reason? I don't know. But there has been more than a dozen cyclists who have lost their lives due to this go ahead is this the time of, okay I'm yes like is
0: this is the time for comments I'm really glad that you ended up saying though because my question was going to be is there another way to get from city to city other than this whole road because I feel like there has to be well now Otherwise, there it's is just dumb. I was like in this day and age this is just dumb
1: well it's it's, <laughs> it's this be the only road it's amazing that it actually took until 2009 for the new road yeah. to open like that's recent
0: I mean, I guess, you know, I don't know what the economic situation is in Bolivia, so maybe it would have been too expensive a project. I don't know. But I'm just like, there's no way you can get me on that. But I guess, you know, if you really need to sell your wares, you're going to do what you got to do, I guess. But Mm -hmm. my whole thing is like, if you're not even willing to like get another road available, here's what I'd say, right? Is like, develop a schedule Uh where you know, you can go one way during these hours and then go another way during the other hours, right? Right. I feel like that would make some sense here. I mean, I wouldn't be a fan of this particular mode of travel either. Mostly, you know, you you said like the fog is a big issue. Landslides are a big issue. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a bad idea. I would never do it. I don't like
1: the look of it. It's not great. It's, It's not good. It's not good. All right. Well, that's the first one. The second (laughs) one is my personal favorite. And I think it's going to give a lot of people the heebie-jeebies. So if you have particular aversions to snakes, maybe pass this section. (laughs) All right. The next one is called Snake Island and it is in Brazil, off the coast of Brazil, rather.
0: So pictured here, if you're, you know, just on the podcast and really don't feel like scooting over to YouTube, which, you know, we're not going to be offended if you scoot over to YouTube would be a good thing. If you're not, though, we have pictured here on one side, a nice looking island, you know, it's just an island. There you go. Doesn't look huge or anything, but it's an island. And on the right side, we have pictured the grossest thing I've ever seen, (laughs) which is probably a bush or a tree of some kind, like a branch or something. Probably with something like, I don't know, 100 snakes just in it.
1: Yeah, it's like a nest of snakes. Like imagine a bird's nest of twigs, but the twigs are snakes. And that's pretty much what the picture is.
0: Uh, Like as a sidebar here, like, you know, speaking of snakes and how I hate them, the, well, two stories. There's, I actually discovered recently that one of Michael's roommates owns a snake. Oh, good. (laughs) And I just had no idea that it was in the house.
1: Imagine it got loose one time that you are there.
0: 'Cause like you remember how I told you in the whole like um grill blowing up story? Yes. About that sunroom. Yeah. It's in the sunroom. I had been oh. just walking past it without knowing that it's there. Good. So then he showed it to me and he's just like, Oh, you wanna hold it? I'm just like,
1: no, certainly like, not. No. I really don't.
0: I, I never wanna hold it. It's disgusting. Get it away from me. But I anyway, that. so I was scrolling on Instagram this morning like trying to wake up and whatever and like I followed the dodo because it has a lot of cute stuff uh-huh, about yeah, like animals and whatever yeah and there's one about a girl and like a pet like boa constrictor or something ridiculous like that okay and this boa thing likes to cuddle with this girl I'm just like mm, I don't know about that I think that or maybe it's like a python or something but it's, it's some huge snake that freaks me out and I'm just kind of like I do not want to cuddle a snake.
1: No, 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 no. That girl—it's—it's it's a deadliest. Uh, what is it? A uh, fatal attraction situation, whatever it's called. Like <laughs> it's gonna end poorly for you. I so anyway, uh, continue. Anyway, okay. So Snake Island is actually technically uh, called something different. I'm gonna do my best to say it, but it's in Portuguese. So um, bear with me. It is called Ilha da Quimada Grande, and so I think it actually translates to like burning island yeah and it is 25 miles off the coast of brazil mm-hmm. there are a few rumors that have happened with this island one of them is that a fisherman who was straying too close to the shores was found later who like actually like got to the shore went off to like get bananas or something that he found there and then like obviously like encountered snakes tried to run back to his boat And then later he was found floating in his boat, like completely lifeless in blood. Uh, There's another rumor, which supposedly this one's a real story in like all the accounts that I've read, but I'm like, I don't know. Um, But back in the early 1900s, there was a man who actually lived here with his family and he lived there to work the lighthouse on the island. And apparently the snakes eventually got into their home through the windows and no one survived. Like the whole family was just obliterated. And hold your comments. (laughs) And so the Brazilian government has actually made it illegal for anyone to visit this island. The biggest threat is, as the name would provide, um, the golden lancehead snake. And it's a pit viper, which is one of the world's most deadliest serpents. And basically, if they bite you, you have kind of like one hour to get treatment to survive. Um, but being that this is like 25 miles off the coast, it's pretty much impossible to get help on time unless the doctor is like literally there with you and the venom can melt skin. So it's kind of like a nightmarish situation. So as I mentioned before, the island is infested with thousands and thousands of snakes. It's estimated by the Smithsonian that there's probably anywhere from two to 4,000 snakes on this island. Not, and also not only are the golden lance heads on this island but it's also home to another species called the dipsus albifrons I don't know how to say that but the more like common name for that is a savage snail eater they're non-venomous but add to the creepiness of like the amount of snakes that are on this island legend has it that the snakes got there due to pirates who placed them there as like protection to you know keep people away from like the treasure that they buried which is like hilarious because like okay well how do you plan to get your treasure back Um, That's just like a legend. But the population of the snakes is so large that you pretty much see a snake every one square meter, which basically means that if you take a step, you're going to see another snake. Go on.
0: So I feel like if any military entity like really feels a need to test a new bomb or something, <laughs> this is the place to do it. Let's just drop a bunch of bombs, just drop a nuke on that, you know, get rid of it. it we don't need this.
1: Here's the I thing, though. Really... Here, here's the thing: is that these snakes, although they are like massively overrunning this island, are actually like very endangered. And another thing is and i didn't add this in my notes but i remember reading it which kind of adds to your whole situation um there's a lot of issue right now with like what's the word like smugglers or people like going to the island trying to capture the snakes and then like selling them for like thousands of dollars because of like the high risk it takes to like get them how endangered they are poachers that's the right word yeah and so they're actually like selling these snakes which is a problem because if this keeps happening it's like obvious that this type of snake is like known to like reproduce and like overrun an area, so like it could get out to another place and like become an issue.
0: So I realize this comment, this uh, comment is dramatic, but this is essentially like the plot of Jurassic Park, <laughs> but with snakes. <laughs> yes. That's funny. So do not bring the snakes back to the mainland. Learn from any of the Jurassic Park movies where you bring stuff back, which is coincidentally Jurassic Park 2 and then Jurassic World 2. Yeah. So let's learn from their mistakes and go ahead and not do that. <laughs> just and I wonder if like I really wonder if some of these snakes swim cuz some sw- snakes can swim,
1: you know? They can't swim. I looked that up also. Well, that's good because just keep them there. Just
0: gather all the snakes of the world and just dump them there. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, that's the second one. That's my personal favorite. The rest from here, I'm like, ah, but this is my favorite. That's so Okay. The, the next one is called Lake Natrone. This is located in North Tanzania, which is like on the East African side of the continent. Um, so this lake, go ahead, Alex, explain the pictures a little bit. Okay. Well, we got
0: some really weird looking stuff here. So on the left we have a black and white picture of you know the island, the lake in the foreground, but also like, you know you'd expect to see on some water like some really nice birds or whatever. It looks like a dead bird of some kind. hmm And I'm thinking maybe like a flamingo. To be honest.
1: Okay, that'd be a great guy. Folded in
0: on itself, you know, like imagine because mm-hmm. of the legs sticking out the back. I feel like that might be a flamingo, but it's basically a skeleton it looks like Mm -hmm. and that's disturbing and then on the right we have a color picture which kind of looks like almost like a lake of blood almost
1: yeah it's a creepy reddish situation yeah i'm not a fan of that but (laughs) (laughs) not a fan okay so this lake is actually a problem because it has high levels of natron which is a sodium carbonate de Cahydrate? I'm sorry, I don't know how to say these words, but basically, the like minerals that are in this water makes the water like really, really corrosive, especially to human skin and eyes. Sometimes the pH of this water has been up to the level 12, which anyone who knows anything that's like not okay, <laughs> water's <laughs> pH is seven, and then going up is more basic and going down is more acidic. And so, 12 is like really, really up there. Um with like lie. Like I think lie is at the high end of basics like the basic spectrum and like lie is like really corrosive too. By so the way,
0: you can use it. lie to dissolve a body if you watch any like breaking bad. <laughs> any true crime uh, shows or whatever.
1: Yeah. You can know that. <laughs> Fun fact. Okay. So the water also contains red colored bacteria, which gives yeah. it a unique pink hue however it also has cyanobacteria. Ch- i don't know how to say these words i'm sorry um that live Ciano. in the lake cyano uh which cyano mm-hmm. okay cyano uh that live in the lake and also give it a red orange hue so it's just all in all kind of looks like blood kind of like what alex is saying the lake has also been a like um what's the word like um registered I, I don't know like it's been, like the the temperature of the lake has registered up to like 120 degrees fahrenheit oh yeah and it's home and this is a fun fact it's actually home to 2.5 million flamingos and it serves as a breeding ground
0: somehow hey, the flamingos right. like thrive
1: well the flamingos actually thrive here and the picture on the left you're probably right it is a flamingo um the person who took it like specifically said that they like got a carcass and like placed it in the water to make it look more like eerie but it also kind of like you know works with the whole feel
0: okay because I'm just kind of like I mean I'm glad that you added that last part in because you know after you said the whole part about it being a thriving you know breeding ground for flamingos I didn't understand why I'm looking at a basically dissolved looking flamingo in that water but okay here we go yeah. Um, well, that's strange. Fun <laughs> fact, I know it's cyanobacteria because my brother used to chant that for whatever reason when he was, like, in m- middle school or high school. Like, because he took a lot of science classes, my older brother did. That's random. We had things, you know. We just, yeah. we all have things when we're kids that we do. And <laughs> that I, was his. I like to, sing- to be silly, you know.
1: That's hilarious. I, I love I that.
0: Told you, I told you about the, the song that my brother made up for the, uh, Seatbelt strap in my yes
1: yes so you know it's like that it's like he was destined to be a singer anyway Um,
0: okay uh, so yeah that's
1: strange don't love that either (laughs) this one for me is not even it's not so like unsettling it's more just like huh that's odd it is I mean I
0: wonder how flamingos do so well and and I wonder if their extremely long legs help them out and like if their bodies would not react well to it I'm not
1: sure. But anyway, all right, so that's the third one. Let's move okay. on to the next one. Okay, once again, going to butcher this word. Uh. Oymyakon? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh, Oymyakon. uh-huh. It's uh, a small village in Russia and it is home to extreme climactic conditions. Severe temperatures make it impossible to sustain life. It drops as low as negative 90 degrees Fahrenheit. There's no vegetables. Nothing can be grown here. There's a lack of food. However, 500 people have been able to settle down in this place. Why? Great question. There's and no answer. themselves apparently. Um, to add to the in hospitality, inhibility, whatever, whatever that word is, um, everything freezes. So that means pipes freeze, yeah. which means uh-huh. there is no running plumbing for bathrooms. Everything is plumbingless outhouses. Gross. Fun, right? Um, and on top of that, like engines freeze like so quickly that people who live here literally keep their cars running at all times. Insane. Uh, and then last last point on this one. This is a short one. During the shortest day of the year, every night is 21 hours long. The night is 21 hours long?
0: hmm Well, I mean, yeah. That definitely happens. Like, you know, the movie, 30 Days of Night. Yep. That's you know, just the reality for some places of the world, which... You know Russia's kind of in the same you know global areas as alaska as well so like that makes sense because mm-hmm. you know the movie i just mentioned was in alaska so i can see that part that actually you know checks out pretty well to me um so to describe these pictures a little bit it is exactly how you would imagine <laughs> a frozen tundra a basically just all white man like one picture is an aerial view of the town And, like, you could see some structures. There's not a ton, but it's just basically all snow, not any kind of trees or anything there to speak of. And then we have another picture of a very dilapidated-looking building. And what I can imagine is an elderly person walking by it. I don't know what would draw anyone to live in this frozen tundra. I don't completely understand that. You know, it's actually kind of funny, like, how you're saying, like, how things, like, kind of instantly freeze up there and whatever. It's kind of like, have you seen uh, the movie uh, Day After Tomorrow? I haven't. Not- oh, wait.
1: Is that the end of the
0: world movie? No. Oh, then no. I mean, not in the way that I think that you're thinking. No, I don't think I've seen it. Um, so Day After Tomorrow is a movie kind of about climate change, actually. Oh, okay. okay. So, like, severe, like, inclement, like, weather sort of happens in this movie, like, because of, you know, all the nonsense, I guess, that people are doing in the world and stuff. Uh-huh. So, like, there's, like, this big, like, freeze that happens and, like, New, New York freezes over. Like, the co- it's, it gets so cold that, like, as, like, the ice and, like, the cold creeps up, like, it instantly freezes people. Oh, good. So, like, I can't, like you were saying all that stuff about things instantly freezing, whatever, and it's, like, this is what I'm picturing in my mind is the day right. after tomorrow. And it actually, it's a movie with Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. So, I would recommend the movie. It's a little <laughs> stressful, but it's a good movie. and It's, it's based you know, off
1: of this city.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of seems that way a little bit. And it's really funny because, like, apparently getting down south as far as Mexico is, like, a safe place in that uh, movie. Uh-huh. be like that's not frozen over i love it which is funny but um yeah so this town looks like it'd be zero fun
1: zero fun
0: agree so i imagine that they'll have to like have you know plentiful like a huge well of like fossil fuels to like power all these cars if they're like gonna have them running 24 7
1: yeah it has to be something i don't know what it is but i don't know anyway okay. all right the next one we're no stranger to death Valley, california all right Uh, so i mean come on majority of our listeners are from california so you know what we're talking about but for those of you who don't alex describe these pictures i feel like i don't even really need to describe these pictures because just
0: imagine a desert and that's what you're looking at here you're just looking at some some crusty dirt and
1: that's Some it. It's dirt. <laughs> you know, because, okay. like, the one on
0: the left is, like, you know, it looks like it would be a flat plain, but, like, probably once had water, like, so it's, like, craggly. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 You
0: know, it's, it's dirt, man. It's Absolutely.
1: Just so Death Valley is located on the border of California and Nevada. Yeah. And it's one of the most hottest places across the world. I think it's only matched by, like, a few deserts in the Middle East. But aside from that, it is one of the hottest places in the whole world um across all like averages july of 2018 was the hottest average temperature for the whole month with every day averaging a temperature and this is including temperatures at night of 108.1 degrees fahrenheit Mm -hmm. and the daily highs were 127 degrees fahrenheit Oh gosh. However, the hottest, and I thought, I thought this was wrong because I remember last year hearing about how Death Valley like broke a record for like the hottest temperature recorded. But when I looked into it, according, so last, last year, I think they reached a temperature of like 129. However, in July of 1913, Guinness World Records has like the recorded temperature of 134 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: How did anyone survive out there long enough to take that temperature?
1: They didn't. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Okay.
0: Sensor or something or what? That's
1: it. No things. So the mountains reach 3000 meters into the sky, which I'm sorry I didn't get the conversion to feet because here in America, we don't do metric system. Um, But 3000 meters into the sky, if there were water, it would reach 86 meters below the level of the ocean. Um, And there contains a lot of evidence of several ancient volcanoes that cause huge explosions in this area. There's rock formations that show how the ground has been pushed up violently by movements down deep in the earth. Other areas show lines on rocks that show that this area was deep underwater for many years as Alex described in the picture to the left. it's one of the driest places in the U S currently the name was actually, and here's a fun fact of how the name was given to this area, but it was given back in the gold rush days when a group of workers were trying to travel West during December or the month of December. So they didn't actually have to endure the heat, but they endured the severe cold. And yeah. so while they were, while they were moving through this area, there was no water. There was hardly any sort of vegetation for their animals to eat. And mm-hmm. they couldn't, like find a way over the tall mountains, so they're all like succumbing to starvation, the temperature, da 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 da. So they ended up killing their animals for food and began their walk, you know, all the way out the valley. To which, when they finally were like reaching, you know, the going over the top mountain or whatever, a woman in the group looked back and said goodbye, Death Valley. And since then, the the name has like forever stuck.
0: Hey, well, that's a snappy story. I mean, yeah, deserts are definitely a double-edged sword that way. They mm-hmm. get cold. They get mm-hmm. cold. Not good.
1: But yeah, I mean, not too, ma- not too many things to say about this. I mean, me and Alex, we live in California. We, If you've gone to Nevada, you've driven kind of through Death Valley yeah. at some point. It's not like Snake Island, in my opinion, right. where I'm like yeah. horrified by it. But I wouldn't yeah. want to live there for sure. Like,
0: you know, you... you If you're around California, you've seen some desert, and it's like, well, you know, there, there it is. Yeah, don't want to spend much time here, and just let's get out. Tis what it is. Um, I will say though, because you were talking about like comparing, like, like you, you were saying about how you can tell, like, some of the um surrounding, like, you know, mountains and stuff. Like there was some pretty big uh seismic shifts, and like all these like different things, and just like making me think, like, how dangerous, like, you know, fault lines and like whatever can be, and like for whatever reason it made me think when I was in Oregon uh-huh because I'm not sure I told you this but like out on the coastline of Oregon there's quite a few signs about like um what to do in case of a tsunami warning oh god right, here, right? yeah yeah I'm just kind of kind of like there's tsunami warning stuff out right here like or we were in Newport yeah uh-huh. um like there were signs telling you where the designated like evacuation zone was for tsunamis right oh
1: shoot okay
0: and i'm just kind of like tsunamis (laughs) you're like what (laughs) and i was was commenting on that and my friend sarah's like yeah like there's you know stuff like that's all along the coast it's just down south that doesn't take the tsunami warning seriously oh so like we're at risk for tsunamis i guess
1: i mean i mean
0: i don't think this far inland that you and i are
1: that's what i was gonna say i'm like i don't think we are
0: (laughs) that's exactly what i said to her i'm just like well you know i feel like you know the inland empire is like inland enough where
1: it's literally called the inland empire like
0: (laughs) we're we're not gonna get wiped out by tsunami because like tsunamis like out of natural disasters is probably the one that scares me the most which isn't really which isn't as surprising considering that how afraid i am of like
1: of water and whatever yeah that's true i'm
0: not afraid of water per se but like deeper ocean i'm not about it sure so like there is a picture book that um what picture book it's like a scientific like book for like kids and whatever that my that we had like growing up and it's one of those where like you're it's like telling you about different things in the ocean whatever but it's not like a like a light-hearted like science book okay it's like straight facts so like okay. there's a section in it about tsunamis and like the way that it was drawn and stuff like freaked me out so much that my entire life I've been freaked out of the thought of tsunamis
1: there's okay Alex remind me afterwards I have to send you a podcast that Dak Shepard did did I tell you about this I don't know the one with him and Jimmy Kimmel and how Jimmy Kimmel also has like fear of tsunamis and they were like talking about the time he got stuck in a tsunami. What? It's so funny though, Alex. Like I need to send it to you. It is like hilarious. Oh man. Anyway. Uh, okay. Anyways, yeah. That's for after the podcast. Okay.
0: The whole thing just reminded me of tsunamis. Sorry. But anyway, you fabulous. continue on in your
1: presentation. Okay, sorry. That was a good aside. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next one and I'll, I'll kind of try to go a little bit faster. We have three more, but we're taking a little while here, so I'll go faster. Um, this one is called the Skeleton Coast. It is in Angola, which is, okay. to, which is, um, I'm assuming, I think that's Africa. I didn't do my research, but I'm pretty sure Angola is in Africa. I hope I'm right about that. You know um, what? What's kind of interesting about
0: you saying that is like, okay, so why, and I'm not trying to like take this away from you, but why it seems to be called Skeleton Coast is because uh, of the remains of boats. Okay. It seems to be washed up. I mean, that's the pictures at least. So mm-hmm. for those who are still only sticking to the podcast version, I'm looking at pictures of boats that have washed up in the sand, well, that are in the sand, all dried out and like decaying and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. relatively close to the coast. Mm-hmm. Um but actually, there's a movie uh, called Sahara that okay. has Matthew McConaughey. This is another movie plug in here. But yeah, Matthew McConaughey, where it's like something like this, and it is in Africa. So that might actually hold some water there. But anyway, continue.
1: Yeah, maybe they did it off of this. Okay, um, okay so it's in South, of, it's south of Angola to the north of Namibia. And it's really the issue here is the harsh climate. So mm-hmm. there's like weather issues, there's hot winds, there's lack of food, lack of water. Um, and it's filled, the, the shore is usually filled with numerous animal bones that can Eek. range from, like, whales, elephants, turtles, seals, and, like, more. However, Eek. it is also home to many a shipwreck and right. even some aircraft wrecks. And so, human, as a result, human skeletons are often found in this area, too, being that, you know, like, they wreck the humans get off. They're trying to survive the climate and they're done Um, So apart from the natural conditions, another like really big issue that this area falls trivial to is a huge amount of gang violence and robbery. <laughs> As if the climate were not bad enough. However, there is a group of people who live here. They're called the Himbas. And to survive the harsh sun conditions they use a butter mix that gives their skin like a reddish hue and protects them against like the sunburn um there's also wild animals who have learned to survive in this land and let me list you off a few of the animals that live here black backed jackals hyenas Mm. lions and rhinos so if the weather and if the robbers were not enough you have jackals <laughs> you know if I
0: wasn't you know convinced at the beginning that this is in Africa I'm the most convinced I've ever been <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is just in Africa I'm just gonna throw this out there definitely so is it my time for comments go now? ahead yes go ahead I'm really curious because like to me actually like the the boats the planes all that whatever like that actually like isn't as surprising to me like that stuff can happen and whatever like maybe the boats is like you know high tides or whatever like getting stuck that way uh-huh but i'm wondering why so many sea life carcasses that are washing up on shore like what is causing that to happen like is this just like a cursed area or something that just all these different kinds of bones are
1: getting piled on the shore like what is that all about That's a good question and I don't have an answer. I just know that it's home to a lot of like skeleton carcasses and I'm not sure why. So I don't know. I don't want to visit it though.
0: (laughs) No, it sounds like it'd be a huge bummer. Absolutely.
1: Any other comments? No, that's just... (laughs) You're like, no. (laughs) Okay, second to last. The gates of hell. (laughs) And Turkmenistan. Okay, this is in Turkmenistan, which, what the hell is Turkmenistan? Great question. I had to look it up. It's in Asia. Um, So this is a gas crater. That is perfect. It's filled with natural gas fields in an underground cave. And so geologists, because they were trying to prevent methane gas from spreading, decided to set it on fire back in 1971
0: oh, and it's been burning since. and it head. has been
1: burning this entire time so fun it really stuff. did create the gates of hell because like looking at it like
0: if you were to imagine what you know if hell were to open up like yeah. you know so randomly like on earth or in here like in the middle of the desert or something that's what it looked like exactly what you imagine. that's it
1: yeah it's yeah literally it's like a lake of fire almost whatever it is you're picturing that's what it is um, it's located in the middle of the Karakam desert, one of the most extensive gas reserves, and the crater contains explosions, boiling mud, and orange flames. So like,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining, you know, it's the 70s or whatever, and like, there's all this like drugs and LSD flying around. They're just like, you know, it's a good idea. Let's set this on fire. <laughs> a freaking gate to hell radical they, they, it's like one of those like the parts in a movie where like the hero like flicks a like a lit cigarette like a lit uh, uh like a, a lit match, match or yeah. like a lighter and just like it flicks it into like you know the gas area like whenever like someone like blows up their house or whatever like by turning on like the the gas stove or whatever yeah that's what this seems like to me like someone just like you know did the cool guy like let's throw in a match and then like the whole thing explodes
1: you're not wrong it definitely (laughs) looks like something from a movie like it doesn't look like this should be a real thing that exists
0: i know it that's crazy
1: yeah agreed Mm. all right well let's do the last one and this one is something that is kind of relevant to recent news yes the north sentinel islands it is located in the andaman islands which is off the coast of india ish um go ahead and describe the photos alex
0: so on um the left side we have what looks like to be a tropical island beach with what looks kind of like some turbulent waters with some people standing on the beach you know not anything necessarily that i'd be super concerned about looking at but Mm -hmm. considering that it's on this list i imagine i am wrong and then to the right we have a man in a mint uh green shirt who i assuming is like a youtuber or something or some kind of influencer because i never heard of them
1: before but his name apparently is john allen chow Thanks, Alex. Thanks for that introduction. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you by any chance heard of the North Sentinel Islands before? Absolutely not. Okay. So, let me enlighten you a little bit. So, these islands, as I said, are kind of off the coast of India ish. Um, and it's native to a tribe of people who have only decided to live in their traditional way and have denied all possible contact with the outer world and so outsiders are seen as a massive threat and anytime that this tribe sees an outsider they immediately release like savage attack and I hate to use the word savage but like they really like attack the people that like tried to contact them um so outsiders are a huge threat. Another reason that outsiders are a huge threat is because of the safety of this tribal community because they have declined, you know, new wave ways of life. They have mm-hmm. zero immunity to like anything, to like the common cold. It would oh, wipe them yeah. out.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's
1: a big issue. Um, in 2006, they attacked and murdered two fishermen who washed up on their shore The Mm -hmm. Indian Coast Guard has actually tried to drop off a few food parcels before in the past, but they were always greeted by stones and arrows. Mm -hmm. And so who is John Allen Chow, do you ask? Well, let me tell you, he's an American missionary who, you know, he was just like, I gotta, I gotta uh, serve the Lord and spread Christianity. And so he decided it's a good idea to go to this island and convert this traditional tribe of people to christianity even though he was forbidden by multiple governments
0: hold on hold
1: hold hold your comments hold on okay so he tried to visit this island okay they throw spears they're shooting arrows they're throwing stones he leaves he tries a second time spears arrows get the hell out of here He leaves he tries a third time and they kill him yeah and this happened last november
0: all right so i have multiple questions here go ahead um did he go did he just go by himself yeah yeah i'd assume so because i don't imagine this would be like an organized thing because anyone who is doing an organized mission trip would know better yeah be honest yeah um no like i'm just like blown away by that whole thing i'm just like i'm trying to gather my thoughts now <laughs> <laughs> like that is so dumb that he would do that it is Especially so by, like,
1: it is so twice. dumb for so many reasons like
0: oh. anyway well i forgot that point but actually i have a different point now so i've got a wonder here and i don't expect you to know this at all because obviously there probably isn't a ton to know about this tribe as far as like you know what's known to the public at least uh-huh because that seems to be kind of anti what they're going for here uh-huh. but like i kind of wonder because it, like, and i don't mean to be insensitive when i make this comparison at all like i'm not uh-huh. trying to be that way but like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like you know the amish here in the states okay because you know obviously they've chosen to live in a particular kind of way although they're not as resistant to you know letting people from the outside like at least see them mm-hmm. and like there's also like in like Idaho and stuff there's like a similar group of people called the Mennonites who are a little bit like the Amish but you know it kind of like on the spectrum of like Amish to like you and I they're in the middle uh-huh. anyway so like the Amish community, I don't know if you know too much about them, but the only thing few-
1: I know about the Amish community is what I've seen in Shits Creek, so not a lot. <laughs> okay,
0: we well, might, this might have come up in Schitt's Creek, I don't know, but um, there's a period of time in an Amish child's life where they're like kind of teenage years and they're allowed what is called room springer. Okay. And that basically is to mean like you are able to tra- take this certain amount of time and leave the Amish community and live amongst you know the other population like Uh you know the developed population yeah and you're all allowed to live that life okay and if you and you can come back and you won't be penalized for it
1: Hmm. so they get to basically
0: make the decision on whether or not they want to continue being Amish Mm
1: -hmm. interesting I don't know
0: what I don't know what percentage go back to the community or just stay out in the world. I don't really know that, but that's like something that they're allowed. So I'm just like, I kind of wonder what, if they have like kind of an equivalent here, like how much like their people know about like, you know, the world that's outside.
1: Mm-mm. They don't like, have the a
0: developed world. They don't have What's equivalent. That? Well, I know that they probably wouldn't have a voluntary like Quildland. I don't I don't I wonder think if, like any of the, the people who grow up there are just kind of like I want to leave this like I've you know heard about the outside world and I want to go there
1: but I don't there is no way for them to hear about the outside world like this isn't like a civilized tribe like this is mm. a hunter-gatherer type situation right so and I was trying to look up information on this tribe to like you know what is known about them and mm-hmm. there really isn't like any knowledge like I don't even think that they I don't know like I don't think they have a means to leave the island I don't know like it's it's so bizarre and like I said anytime anyone tries to contact them it's like brutal attack so I don't Mm -hmm. I don't even think that a person on this island would have the idea like the realization that there is an outside world to go to I don't know and I mean like I
0: said I don't know but yeah I think that in any like group or whatever like you know even if you do something like super far removed from this like you imagine like a family unit right
1: yeah
0: where like there's these people raised in a similar tradition there's probably gonna be someone in there whether it, it be like a few generations like expanded out or, you know, what, who's going to want to leave that tradition? Mm-hmm. You know, that just happens, I think, in all walks of life. So I kind of wonder if that would apply here as well. But I don't know. obviously we don't know.
1: Yeah, it's bizarro. But anyway, that was my little presentation on the eight most dangerous places or some of the eight most dangerous places on Earth. What did you think, Alex? Was it fun? Well, you're, you're right.
0: I did appreciate it. I did think it was really interesting. yay snakes is my nightmare (laughs) just like nope 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 I would swim out into the ocean and just drown
1: (laughs) literally the snake one is my favorite because I think it is the most creepy crawliest one of them all that is the one that like I personally like that is I'll probably go to the sentinel island before I go to snake island (laughs) like I'm like
0: screw that (laughs)
1: because you could probably
0: flee the natives at the sentinel island whereas every step you take there being a snake Mm -hmm. is something different
1: it's all bad but I hope you guys enjoyed that next week it will be Alex's turn to choose another topic to talk about but stay tuned talk to us on Instagram make your suggestions and we'll see you guys next time bye bye